Hey, it's Doug. I wanted to hop on before we started this show to say a couple of quick things. This is totally unscripted too. So if I, I know what I want to say in my mind, but I don't know if it's going to come out the right way. So one, I wouldn't be here without you. I want you to know that. And it's a feeding frenzy that you and I have going on. You love cruising. I love cruising. I feed off of you and I hope you feed off of me. And we just kind of keep exchanging that energy, that positive energy back and forth. Secondly, I surround myself with a really cool group of human beings. They make me look good. Richard, Heather, Ashlyn, Kylie, Sarah. These guys and girls are doing the production, the social, the copy editing, the proofreading. If it wasn't for them, this would not be, this machine would not be operating in the capacity in which it is right now. So I owe a great amount of thanks to these guys and girls as well. All right, let's start 2019 and on with the show. This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider tripinsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Welcome to the year-end review episode of Cruise Radio. We're going to get the top 10 news stories from the website CruiseRadio.net and get the response from Richard Sims, a writer at Cruise Radio, also Sherry Laskin, our news contributor, and Tommy Casabona from Always Be Booked. Going to let writer Richard Sims tackle this first one because it's only been out for a, really only a couple of weeks. And yet it's one of the highly, the most trafficked articles on the site right now. And that's Carnival finally putting a roller coaster on a cruise ship. I like that you say finally, as if this was, you know, (laughs) inevitable. And the funny thing is, a while back, you know, as they, every time they announced something new on a ship, people would make a joke about what would be next. And I distinctly remember a year or two ago, someone saying, oh, what are they going to do next? Put a roller coaster on a ship? And more than a few people shook their heads and said, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And clearly Carnival heard because guess what we're getting next year? We're getting a roller coaster on top of a ship. Um, it's going to be on top of the Mardi Gras, which is already kind of a cool ship because it it's going to be a throwback in some ways to the very first ship that ever joined the Carnival fleet. And I mean, it's a roller coaster. There, there's I think one of the reasons that this story got so much play is because a lot of people were psyched about it, and a lot of people might not have been so psyched about it. Because, you know, there's like the thought of, do you really want a roller coaster whipping around overhead when you're trying to relax down on the deck below? That kind of thing. So I think this is one of those stories that's going to continue to be big as we, you know, find out more about the coaster. And certainly once we actually get a chance to try it and see, you know, what is it like riding a roller coaster on the high seas? And you know what? Speaking of the noise, uh, if you watch the video that Carnival released, it shows the roller coaster going right over Serenity. <laughs> so I'm exactly, that's, that's what I like. thought too. Like, like ah, oh, how very peaceful. You know, you already get people who complain when uh, every now and then they'll have um, somebody come up and play music in mm-hmm. Serenity, and so, inevitably someone will complain, "Ah, oh, that hippie music, get it out of here." Now you're going to have a roller coaster zipping along overhead. One thing to note about this coaster: it's a little bit different than sort of your traditional roller coasters, it's electric. And that might make it sort of smoother and quieter. Now, I don't think that'll make a difference when it comes to people screaming, but maybe they'll be, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit quieter. What is your take on Carnival using an existing ship name for a future ship that's coming out in 2020? Because it's one heck of a throwback. I think it's so cool. I think, you know, when you can do something that um, gets people excited because it's a throwback 
to your history, when you can honor your own history, that's fun. I, I'm really psyched for it. Plus, it's a fun name, Mardi Gras. I mean, Carnival markets itself as the fun ship. And when you think of Mardi Gras, you definitely think of fun. You know, um, I bet they'll have beads to hang out. I, but I bet you also won't have to earn them the way you do in New Orleans. All right, let's go to Sherry Laska now. Sherry, another big article on the site this year was that Carnival became very bullish on the West Coast. Yeah, they, they are getting that way for sure. Um, two, two major things are going to happen. The first one, they're going to send the Carnival Miracle to San Francisco. It's the first time it's ever sailed out of San Francisco. And it's going to be there March 19th of 2020. And it will begin with four-day weekend trips to Ensenada. And then further down the line, the Carnival Miracle will offer longer five- and six-day cruises, which will include Ensenada, Catalina Island, and San Diego. Um, if you're interested, there's also going to be one 15-night cruise from San Francisco to Hawaii, and that'll be April 16th of 2020. The other big news item, this is a really biggie, Carnival is going to send their panorama, the brand-new ship, is going to set sail from Long Beach, California in 2019, and it will be the first time in 20 years that Carnival has sent a brand-new ship to home port in California. Sherry, why do you think Carnival is so bullish and like so aggressive on the West Coast now? You know, I think they follow trends. You know, one for one chunk of time, it was the Gulf Coast and they were sending ships there. And now I think they're seeing, well, they want to drum up more business on the West Coast too. So they're doing this big push and maybe it's like cyclical. Maybe it's just, you know, trends are pointing towards more people on the West Coast want to start cruising again. And have more variety to cruise. So they're going to try it and see what happens. And to have a new ship there is really exciting. I guess it could be twofold as well. I mean, more ships, you need to go into more ports. Also, it could be a, a follow the leader type thing because now, what, in 2019, Norwegian is going to have Norwegian Bliss and Norwegian Joy up in Alaska. Yeah, so they sort of keep their eyes on everybody else too to see who's moving what ship where. And, you know, they all sort of clump together and follow the trend, and, and everyone wants to be the leader. No one wants to be the, the dog at the, end of the, at the end of the line, right? Sherry, it's been a great year, and thank you so much for contributing week after week. Being, I, I love it because we can, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. We, we always find a way to connect. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year. can't believe it's gone this fast. Happy New Year to you, and it's so much fun. I love doing the remotes, and we can still do the news, so... It's been a great year, and again, Happy New Year. On the line now is Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked podcast. Tommy, another big story on our site this year happened literally like just a week ago. Royal Caribbean's Empress of the Seas rescued two fishermen in the Caribbean Sea. Set us up for this. Hey, Doug. Yeah, thanks. So on December 1st, two fishermen headed out for a relaxing day at sea off the coast of Limon, Costa Rica. So apparently things got a little too relaxing because not long after they set up their gear, both ended up falling asleep. I don't know how, why, what happened. My speculation here is that maybe there's uh, some corona involved, but who knows. Then, unfortunately, what happened was they began to drift. They ended up several miles away from their original position. It was actually so far away that they, they ended up running out of gas trying to get back to where they left their gear. So now they're in the middle of nowhere in what is basically a rowboat that's completely dead in the water. Now, if we can, let's cut away for a second. Let's go to Royal Caribbean Empress of the Seas. Just about a week ago, she set sail out of Miami, and she was originally set to port in uh, Cienfuegos, Cuba. But that's a tender port, and due to the strong winds and the high seas, 
the decision was made that they were going to reroute the ship to Ocho Rios, Jamaica, where they could actually dock at a pier. Uh, so going back to the two fishermen, it's now been 20 days, and they're out of everything. The only food they had was the little that they could catch. And Doug, I am not going to uh, assume that there was a galley on the rowboat. So we're talking about Caribbean sushi right here, what they were catching. So the only other thing that they did have was a distress light. So as fate would have it, this redirected Royal Caribbean cruise ship just happens to be on its way to Jamaica and miraculously crosses paths with the fishermen. The distress light is spotted, a tender boat is lowered, and after almost three weeks, these guys are rescued. That's one heck of a deviation from uh, Costa Rica over to the Caribbean Sea by those islands. Yeah, yeah, just gives you an idea of, uh, I guess, how long they were knocked out for. And to be able to to actually run out of gas returning to get their gear is just out of control. Anyway, they were uh, taken to the infirmary, and they seemed to be absolutely fine. One of them actually wasn't able to walk initially. Uh, He had to be carried on board the ship, but he ended up regaining his strength on his own. Has anything new come out on this story since their meteorologist broke it last week? Not really, but I did see that it was pretty much an amazing gesture of humanity and kindness that the ship's crew ended up collecting over $300 and donating it to the fishermen so they could pretty much get into some dry clothing and some shoes when they get off the ship. One more thing, I do think it's appropriate to give one more shout out to Royal Caribbean's chief meteorologist, James Van Fleet. He was the one who made the decision to reroute Empress of the Seas. And besides the fishermen themselves, if you just listen to him talk and see his quotes and stuff like that, no one is happier than him to see yeah. these guys brought to safety. He, uh, Like you just said, he's calling it a true Christmas miracle. And you know what? It really was. Richard, back to you in, into Nassau, Bahamas, because there's two stories that were highly trafficked this year on the site. And uh, both of them not too good for Nassau. In fact, Nassau's in the news as we record this. It's true. And unfortunately, it hasn't been a particularly good time for Nassau. The, the, most of the news has not been good. One story that's been going on sort of all year has been the I, – I refer to it as sort of the, the, the struggle to fix Nassau. Nassau over the last few years has gotten a really bad reputation among some cruisers who say it's boring. It's not – a fun port. It's there's not a lot to do there, and worst of all, when you get off the ship, you're sort of attacked by, you know, the the cab drivers and all the people that are right there at the end of the port. And now there is actually going to be some change. There, even as we record this, they are looking at the various bids from three different companies, each of whom wants to come in and redevelop the port. And one of those is actually uh, among the people that have come together to place a bid are uh, some of the major cruise lines who say, this is our business. We know what we're doing, so let us come in here and fix your port. They don't want to run the port. They just want to come in and sort of get it up and running and make it a more attractive port for um, cruisers. So that was one of the big stories this year. The other involved uh, one of the most popular snacks in the Bahamas. Whenever people go to the Bahamas, they think of conch. Uh, And... uh, Now, uh, over the summer, apparently a lot of conch was not being properly washed or stored in water that was a little bit, you know, too briny or whatever. And as a result, quite a few people were getting sick. Now, the good news was if you were eating conch fritters, you were fine. It was really just raw conch. Unfortunately, raw conch is what is used in most conch salads, 
And those are crazy popular. So there was a bit of a health scare. It seems to have settled down. We haven't heard anything about it in a while. So hopefully that's gone away. And maybe next year at the end of the year, we'll be able to report that, you know, the port got a nice makeover or is in the midst of getting a nice makeover and that, you know, it's the hot happening spot again. You know what I hate to see? And I'm just going to editorialize this for a moment, Richard. Um, When I started cruising in Nassau over 20 years ago, so now I'm dating myself. Nassau was this quaint little island where, you know, fantasy class and Royal Caribbean's sovereign of the seas would call to, but they're not scaling with growth. And that's the problem. I agree. I mean, and I think about that iconic sail in and Mm -hmm. out to Nassau. It's so beautiful. Um, But of course, you don't have to get off the ship to see that. Uh, I think most of the people who get off the ship are either going on an excursion, which doesn't necessarily really help, you know, like the businesses in Nassau, or they're going over to Paradise Island, going to Atlantis, going to the casino there, the awesome water park and stuff. They really need to focus on developing that port area and getting some some good thriving businesses in there. And one thing that nobody really wants to see is for the downtown area to get redeveloped and become basically another shopping mall with like, you know, a Sears or or Old Navy or whatever in it. We want, you know, it needs to maintain that that charm, that that Caribbean appeal, but it also needs to sort of become not a scary place. Like the the straw market was also in the news a lot this year because uh, it just was getting a really bad reputation as being downright dangerous. So you know. There is so much potential in Nassau, and I really, really, really hope that um, they sort of get their act together because I tend to go there a lot. Tommy, what are your thoughts on Nassau? Nassau, I'll be honest with you, I have a little bit of a different take on Nassau. I was first on the whole bandwagon. Well, yeah, Nassau is the port you stay on the ship for, this and that. Listen, I got into Nassau a little bit, and you you can't deny how popular it is. And by popular, I mean how often cruise ships stop there just because of its proximity. However, I do love Nassau. I ended up really, really enjoying it, taking it in. I did a full deep dive into the port, actually. And uh, I listened to most of the complaints about Nassau, and it's a lot about it's a little bit of uh, dirtiness and people kind of harassing you. A lot of times, once you get past that straw market and get into the town, you don't deal with the harassment of, you know, the aggressive vendors and things like that. You know where I'm from. I'm from New York City. So I'm not afraid of a little bit of an urban area that's not necessarily kept up in the most pristine way. I I noticed my interactions between the people of Nassau to be great. I feel like they are definitely making a concerted effort to turn around the perception of Nassau. And there are tons of things to do. If you just get off the ship and walk around downtown Nassau, you have things like the Pirate Museum. You have the uh, Fort Finn Castle right there. You can, you know, hop on a moped at your own risk. You can do all sorts of things. There's beaches everywhere, Cabbage Beach, Junkano Beach. There's museums everywhere. There's art if you really, really give Nassau a chance, get into it and do the research, I think you'll really enjoy Nassau. Tommy, before I let you go, because I know you're living down in the cruise capital of the world now, no more New York. Hello, Florida. What cruise ship are you most looking forward to in 2019? One that I probably won't end up on anytime soon is Royal Caribbean Spectrum of the Seas, just because they're kind of billing that as a uh, you know, it's a quantum plus class ship. So it's the first of that, I guess, class. Uh, I'm pumped because of just all the things that are on that ship that I kind of I'll have on my bucket list. You have the 270 lounge back there. You have the um, the North Star. 
the uh, bumper cars that are on that and just kind of like seeing the technological advancements that are on that ship. And uh, yes, it is set to be in the Asian market at first. And I think it's purpose built for China, if I'm not mistaken. But you never know. They seem to all end up back this way. And I'm definitely pumped to get give that uh, a try or at least some sort of a uh, quantum class ship. But if you got to ask me if I got to pick one that I'm most excited about, it's the uh, spectrum of the seas. Who knows? We may see it one day. Look at Norwegian Joy. She'll be, she was launched for Asia in 2017 and now sailing the U.S. in 19. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Very well. We've been talking with Tommy Casabona, the host of the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast. Check him out over there. Thank you, Tommy. Doug, thank you for having me. And if I could just say for a second, you might get a little mad at me for saying this, but I'm sure I could speak on behalf of all the listeners. I want to thank you for another good year. Uh, what you do as far as information and entertainment keeps all of us, all of us coming back to Cruise Radio, and uh, here's to a great 2019. That's very sweet. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Another big story this year is Carnival Cruise Line making their smoking policy a hell of a lot stricter. Way stricter. Um, It shouldn't have surprised us that a story about smoking sort of caught, caught fire, so to speak, because anytime, whether you're on the message boards or you're on Facebook or you're, you know, anytime smoking comes up, it is a very, very hot topic with cruisers. In this case, what Carnival said was um, their past policy was basically that if you were caught smoking in the room or on the balcony, you would pay a fee, um, you know, a fine, etc. Now, however, they are saying that if you are caught smoking on the balcony or in the room, you not only will pay a fee, not only will you be, uh, there is a good chance you will be escorted off the ship. And it's not like they're going to pay your way home. You can find your own way home. But the rest of your party can also be escorted off the ship. So, you know, if dad decides that he's going to light up on the balcony, Mom and the kids can all be booted off the ship. And that's that's kind of a pretty major change uh, to the policy. That, that, that could really impact. Now, we haven't heard of anybody actually being kicked off yet. And I suspect the first time that it happens, we definitely will hear about it because that's going to stir up this same controversy again. But they sort of it's, – it's interesting. The cruise lines sort of want to have their cake and eat it too. They know they can't go completely non-smoking. In fact, you know, Carnival did years ago try and do a couple of non non-smoking cruises, and it just it just was not financially feasible for them because, you know, there's a lot of smokers out there. And where do the smokers tend to spend a lot of time? In the casino, where they're spending a lot of money. So on the one hand, they want to kind of corral the smokers into limited spaces. But on the other they they need to also say, well, we know smoking is bad and secondhand smoke is bad, and we certainly don't want to offend all of our non-smoking guests. So it's a real conundrum that they're trying very hard not to, you know, not to ruin. And and the, the balcony thing is a big deal because a lot of times we've all experienced it. You're sitting on your balcony, you're enjoying a nice night, and all of a sudden you can smell smoke coming from you know the, the next door balcony or the balcony below you. And if you happen to have a smoke sensitivity, or if it just bothers you, you know, like if it's just something you don't want to smell while you're sitting on your balcony, it it can be a real issue. Another big story for 2018 was one that really hit home for a lot of us, and that was the arson uh, on Little French Key, which is the island off of Honduras. We should probably say alleged arsonist because I don't think they ever were able to prove how it started or how it, you know, whatever. But 
Um, the interesting thing about this story is it was big for a couple of reasons. One, this is a, a very popular spot that a lot of people have gone to. Um, you know, it's it's not just a um, a little bar and restaurant stuff. It's a, it's also known as an animal sanctuary. So the fact that this fire did so much damage was one reason that the story was so big. The other was that there's some controversy about the place. You know, not not everybody thinks that the guy who runs it is on the up and up. They couldn't understand why this place that charges so much money, well, why would it, you know, why would it be $3 million, need $3 million to rebuild? Wouldn't they have money because they've been running this business for as long as they have? I think one of the reasons it got so big was there was a lot of people talking about it, both pro and con. Now, um, the place, it is open up again. It is back open. Uh, the animals are back for a while. They had to be moved to a different place. Uh, and it seems to be pretty well up and functioning. But if you ever go down to Mahogany Bay or Coxon Hole, um, <laughs> I can't, I always laugh when I say that. That's words. <laughs> I'm sorry, or where? <laughs> because I am 12 years old. Um, if you go to one of those ports, go to Little French Key, it's beautiful, and you will not be disappointed. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it looks really beautiful. I really hope to get there someday. And you will love it, I promise. On a lighter note, we've had some people demanding what they were complaining or or demanding refunds this year? What What is this all about? It was actually people demanding refunds for bizarre reasons. Um, you know, some of the reasons that people ask for refunds are insane. And we had a little bit of fun with this because what we did, and, you know, like all these stories, you can find the links in the story or in the show notes. What we did in this case was we, we went to some of the various sites out there, found bizarre complaints about refunds, and then we gave our response, how we would have responded to the request for refunds. And, and the requests for refunds are crazy. Like there was one woman who wanted a full refund for her trip because it was, I believe it was her honeymoon and her husband couldn't go snorkeling. And she said that was the only thing he was looking forward to on his honeymoon. And I, I kind of felt bad if, if you're, you're just married and you're going on your honeymoon and the only thing your husband's looking forward to is snorkeling. You, you may have a rough marriage. Uh, there was another one who um, they were very upset that they had booked an ocean view room and they couldn't open their their window. They couldn't open the porthole. And what's the point, they wondered, of a, an ocean view room if you can't open the window? So we went through and we found a bunch of um, complaints. Honestly, those are some of my favorite stories. I love I don't know how to say this. I love when people complain. I love when people have stupid complaints because it just makes me feel better about myself, you know, because I'm I'm not the kind of person who sends meals back unless it's really, really bad. I'm not the kind of person who complains. I, I'm on a cruise ship. I'm happy. And these are people who you just know were miserable, not just about the thing they complained about, but probably everything else around the trip. It takes all kinds. That's for sure. Richard, thank you and happy new year, my friend. Oh, and thank you. I, I really – one of my favorite things is getting to come on the show and talk cruises, getting to go on the site and write about cruises. If I can't be on one, I want to be doing one of those things. So thank you. I look forward to more next year and have a good uh, new year. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide like Rome and 
Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.